All right, welcome to Ducks and Pucks. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones. We're doing a little uh, special edition uh, two-parter. Uh, first part uh, game preview of um, the, the game tonight, obviously the uh, retirement ceremony with Temu. Uh, we'll cover the last couple games uh, also in this uh, segment. And then uh, we'll have a second one with, uh, you know, the aftermath, basically everything that happened at the game tonight. And uh, we'll go over all that, and that'll be published a couple days from now. Um, but, uh, let's just start with the last couple games here, Eddie. Um, you know, the ducks, uh, look good. They, uh, beat Nashville, uh, in a close one in a shootout. And then, um, you know, they lost obviously to the Rangers, uh, due to too many turnovers, but, uh, you know, the ducks are still doing okay. Uh, they, yeah, you know, we kind of find in that Nashville that they're going to probably only pick up wow, one win from these two games. And I thought it would most likely come against the Rangers, even though they were playing so well, but, uh, you look at the one goal win against Nashville. Now they're the top team in well, in the Western Conference in the league. And you look at the Ducks position around the uh, the other four teams in the top and the goal differential is obviously you know, the, their main problem right now. And we saw that in the games that they win usually by one goal. And then you, know, you go to uh, you play against the Rangers and lose 4-1. to one, So that you know, th- that's obviously a problem that they're going to have to work on. But I think the Nashville game was, was a pretty strong game. We might have got a little bit lucky that, that Rene didn't start um, you know, kind of squeaking out with a win. Yeah, you know, uh, Francois came up big. I uh, had sent out a message right before actually he scored, saying, you know, we need to tie this uh, this game up uh, uh, with some other color, uh, colorful language. But uh, we ended up uh, tying it up with that late goal by uh, Francois, and you know, he's he's been on a roll, uh, getting some um, goals and points, and um, you know, his uh, his defensive game is always there, Eddie. But uh, you know, his offensive game is picked up, which is yeah, and you know, he'll, he'll score five to to ten goals on a, on a good season and. Obviously, squid in back-to-back games so far, and picked up his first not so not too long ago either. So if uh, Lindholm and you know and Vaden haven't been scoring lately, uh, somebody else has to pick it up on on defense. And rarely is it is it uh, Francois, but uh, you know it's always nice to see him get on the score sheet a couple times a season. Yeah, and like and like you said, you know the Ducks, uh, we like these one goal games for some reason, but. Uh, you know, we win those, but then, you know, shifting over to the, uh, the Ranger game, you know, the Ducks, uh, they, you know, uh, Bruce Golop was in that. He, he did better than I expected. You know, I, um, I was kind of unsure how he was going to do. Um, the first goal was, was really a bad goal, uh, on his part, but, um, you know, the Ducks kind of let him down. You know, the next two were turnovers, uh, you know, just yeah, feet away yeah, from you know, This heading. is probably his last chance, too. You know, we talked about the next game he gets. probably going to be his last chance. I was kind of surprised to see him starting this game, to be honest. I thought he might start one of the games coming up uh, against New Jersey, but um, I think this is pretty much it for Brits um, after this game. Even, though, even with the turnovers, uh, you're going to have – uh, confidence in your goalie, and obviously they didn't have a lot of confidence that game, giving the puck over uh, in the defensive zone, and it in the two times, a few times they actually did in front of the net, and obviously came back to hurt them. Um, but yeah, like you know, with with Briz, it it was an experiment that didn't that didn't really work out. So um, I'm sure if LeBron comes back or uh, when Gibson gets back, uh, Briz is pretty much gonna have to look for another team. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be, like you said, interesting. He may play one more time in that back-to-back situation. But, I mean, if he does that, 
you know, to me, that's probably going to be the, if this game wasn't his last game, then that game will be yeah, his last and, game. Yeah, and you know, even even if he comes out and pulls off a shutout, I think right now they'd almost rather you know play LeBarber because at least he's played pretty decent the, the games that he's come in and. Obviously, Gibson is the the ideal backup right now. Well, whenever he's he's got to at least be close to making it his way back right now. So, yeah, if uh, if Briz if Briz uh, gets another start, that's pretty much going to be his last, if not this uh, game code that just went past. And, and you know, uh, we were going to have uh, Danny on today, but uh, some things came up. Uh, those of you that remember from the. Uh, before the season started, we had her on there. She uh, lives by the uh, Norfolk Admirals. She follows the Ducks and the Rangers. Um, and how impressed are you by the Rangers, Eddie? I mean, they uh, entered this game having won nine of their last ten. Now, as we record now, they beat the Ducks, the Kings, and the Sharks. So now, you know, they're 12 of their last 13. Yeah, they've won five in a row. And, and I was worried about that when we were going into it. Um, and the only thing I said, that, that might be... You know the saving grace is that they were uh, pretty bad on the road with an like a barely like almost just a little above 500 uh, record on the road, and now their road record after those three wins and winning five in a row is looking pretty good too. Um, and they're kind of showing why they surprised everybody and went to the Stanley Cup final last year against the Kings. And usually that California trip is is a struggle for most teams, but the Rangers kind of yeah, just blew through all three of them and. Came out with three wins, and to, with the two wins before that, they've got five in a row now, and as you said, twelve in their last thirteen. They're they're pretty much on a roll. So, uh, and it's vaulted them, you know, up to standings, and they they have a chance to move into, you know, I I think second or first in the the Eastern Conference above the Penguins, and and Montreal has been consistent all season. Yeah, you know, Eddie, I, I think uh, New York could definitely make a push for the playoffs this year. I mean, obviously they did last year, and, and you know, they, they barely made the playoffs, and they, they rolled. But, I mean, if they keep this kind of uh, pace up, I mean, I mean, they're on a pace right now that they could at least, you know, if they if they stay health, healthy and they stay this way, they could uh, at yeah, least go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, success has obviously been – Lundqvist has been a lot better than the beginning of the season, and, and so is their defense, and grabbing a lot of guys back from injury, and – and step on Broussard, who got injured in the beginning of the season, and and Rick Nash actually, you know, scoring goals. That's the reason they they ended up buying him, and he's been pretty much non-existent until this season. So, you know, a lot of things are clicking for them, and, and obviously Marty's having a good season too. So, uh, the, they've got everything going going for them right now. So I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if they made another push for the for the finals, or at least uh, deep in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, you mentioned uh, Rick Nash. I'll be curious, too, to get Danny on here and talk about that. Because, you know, like you said, you know, Nash wasn't doing as much. The fans were getting kind of restless with him. And now here he comes out and, you know, he's leading the team uh, uh, this season. And he's been on fire. So, I mean, and he's definitely along. Him and uh, Martin uh, St. Louis have been uh, just really Yeah, and, and, and really that's what, why they gave up so much to get him uh, when they, they got him from Columbus. and. You know they've been waiting for it for a while, but they they've stuck with it, and obviously now this season they've they've reaped the rewards of of bringing them in. Um, you know when you give up a guy like Gabrick and and a couple of young pieces that they gave up to um, like John Moore and and I I, pretty, I think uh, I can't really exactly remember everything they gave up was a couple of years ago, but you know they gave up a significant amount for uh, for uh, to to get Rick Nash, and obviously now it's paying off. 
Yeah, definitely. And they're going to be they're going to be a force uh, down the stretch in the Eastern Conference um, for sure. Uh, coming uh, close to playoff time, let's uh, shift some gears here and let's uh, you know let's get to uh, the t- the Tamu night. Basically, um, there's a lot going on right now. Uh, some some of my uh, friends are already down there at Honda Center. I guess there's a there's a line already to go to the parking. There's a line for the team store. There's a there's a tent set up outside too. It's it's raining pretty good, not not crazy but decent here, Eddie. And uh, anybody that's listening now, uh, you know, I, I urge you to get down there soon. I'm actually heading down there as well with my family early because uh, it's going to be crazy. Uh, the Honda Center doors open at uh, 3 p.m. and they're urging all the fans to be in their seats at 4:15. So I, I would get there early. Um, you know it's going to be a sellout. It's going to be more than the 17,174. There's going to be standing room only, uh, special guests and all that. And um, there's some pregame things going on um, that I, I've been told. I can't I can't reveal them, unfortunately. But it, it's going to be um, it's going to be special, Eddie. Uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, yeah. Next, uh, and uh, I think one. everybody's had this one marked since the beginning of the season, and uh, it's probably going to be uh, you know really crazy down there and. Especially if everybody's getting in there um, uh, at at 4:15 uh, your time, that's uh, at least a couple hours, two hours before the game. So there's going to be a lot of things going pregame. Obviously, you have uh, have an idea what's going to be going on, and um, I'm sure I'm going to be watching uh, the game on TV if I can, and and uh, hopefully catch a little bit of the ceremony. If not, I'll catch it later on um, on the computer. Yeah, and for those of you, uh, I mentioned this on on Twitter and Facebook too. For those of you that, for some reason, you have to work today, I understand that you can't make it. I get it, or you know, you're in another country somewhere. Uh, we're gonna have it. Uh, I have it DVR'd, and I will have it on the uh, YouTube channel. Um, depending on what time I get home tonight, I don't know if I'll have it up tonight. But if I don't, I'm gonna get it up on there uh, tomorrow. So those of you that you know, miss the pregame for whatever reason. I mean, I understand we all have things going on. Um, that's going to be on there. Um, and, uh, you know, Eddie, this game's going to be kind of interesting because uh, as some of the players talked about, you know, their pregame rituals are going to be off. Um, the, the game was supposed to be at 5 o'clock. They, they put it at 6 o'clock, which you and I know it's probably not going to start at 6 o'clock. Um, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on beforehand. Uh, you know, how difficult do you think that is for the ducks to the team as players to do, you know, this two hour, uh, you know, uh, pregame ceremony, the emotions, all that stuff. And then they've got to shift gears and then play a game, uh, you know, against the jets that, you know, obviously the jets are going to have some emotion. Yeah. Too, but yeah it's gonna obviously going to be more difficult for the ducks than a lot of them uh, playing with team and winning the cup with him. And, uh, you know, just recently, him him like playing uh, last year with the team. So you know, there's obviously was uh, some animosity when he left too, and uh, it's it's going to be a pretty emotional night for them. But I, you know, I don't, I think they'll be okay with it. They've they've gone through stuff like this before, and you know, the, there's been um other you know other players have been retired and uh, cup ceremonies and everything where they've you know came out and played well. And but yeah, I, I agree with you with the probably not starting at at a six o'clock thing because I remember. Watching the, uh, the the game, I think it was either last year or earlier this year, where Mike Rodano's number was um, raised to the Raptors in Dallas, and then the game ended up starting like an hour after it was supposed to. So, yeah, usually these things uh, I can get out of hand and, and take a little bit of time. So, you know, like, like you said, get there early and, and stay in your seat because you never know when the game's going to start. 
Yeah, you know, and, and we saw that earlier this season when the Ducks uh, went to Montreal and they had the uh, celebration for Saku Koivu. I mean, that one went on as well. I can't even remember how long his standing ovation was, but that game uh, started at least half an hour after. So I'm, I'm thinking today's going to be a long day for my yeah, for and, sure. and everybody else. Well, yeah, and the Saku Koivu one wasn't even a, you know, a number raising. It was just a, in, you know, kind of an honoring Saku for, uh, for what he's done for the team and uh, for Montreal and for Anaheim, and the, but the, you know this is the, the you know the greatest player in in Ducks history, and and they're retiring the number, so this this could actually go on for a pretty long time. Yeah, and you know the other thing too that uh, you know I'm sure everybody's aware is you know this is the uh, the first Ducks player to uh, ever be uh, retired in history. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of speculation, and we talked about this too in the podcast, that we think uh, Jiggy's going to be next. So I'm hoping he's going to be next. Uh, he certainly deserves it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's going to be something special. You know, it's the first one, and um, hopefully Jiggy follows it up uh, yeah, you know, we, next season. I think season, we talked about this earlier in an earlier podcast, and who, would be, uh, who we think would be next. I, I believe we talked with Phil about it too when he was on uh, – and asked if you know if Jiggy should uh, should be next or Paul Korea should be next, and and we we only really came up with three possible names, and you know it was, it was Niedermeyer, uh, even though and uh, his number's been retired in um in New Jersey, so he'd pretty much just be honored, um and then Jiggy obviously and, and and Korea would be the two most likely candidates, and with how Korea left, uh, we kind of figured out that that Jiggy would probably be the most likely and. You know, with with Solani uh, breaking it in, uh, you know, Jiggy might be as early as next season, but I, I think they'd they'd probably wait a little bit after, but you know, look look forward to maybe two or three seasons down the road. Yeah, definitely, and and you know, a surprise too, Eddie, is I was looking, uh, you know, around getting information as much as I could about the pregame, the stuff that I can reveal, and I and I guess from what I've seen, I guess Korea is not going to be there. I was surprised. I thought he was, but um, he wasn't. He Unless he's making a special appearance, as far as I know. He's, yeah, he's I mean, he, he might, like, he's not going to be there at all in the, in the stands or anything. They're just not going to be uh, president, you know, it, um, on camera or on the ice or anything. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know because originally I heard that he may be there. And then the last couple of reports, I heard that he wasn't going to be in the building. But... And, you know, I'm kind of, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of surprised. I, I, I still think he would be there. Maybe if not as part of the main event, I would think he would still be in the suite somewhere or something. Cause he was there, uh, when we played uh, Colorado last year for the season finale. So I, you know, I would think he would still be there, but you know, the word on the street. Around yeah. Here is and, you know, maybe he's busy. Personal. I have no idea what's going on with him in his life, but you know, it's the way he left and with a lot of fans, uh, they might, they might take it the wrong way seeing him there, but I'm sure he wouldn't miss the ceremony unless it was something important. Uh, obviously, him and Timo are still, uh, you know, really good friends after playing together in Anaheim and Colorado. So, um, you know, I, if he's not there, there's obviously a good reason for it. And uh, you know, obviously, he he wishes you know Timo the best. I'm, I'm sure it's and there's not much to it. Oh yeah, I I totally agree with you, Eddie. Um, also, we've got you know an article that I've had up on the on the pot, um, excuse me on the blog for a while about your favorite uh, Tamu moment. So make sure you go on there and vote for your favorite moment. Um, one of the moments that I, you know for me personally, my uh, my wife and I we met Tamu at a Ducks and Tucks event back in 2010, 
So that that would be my uh, one of my favorite moments. Um, you know, obviously, you know, almost everybody's favorite moment is him winning the Stanley Cup with the team and raising the cup. But uh, meeting him in person um, was one of my favorite moments, and uh, I'll be posting that photo uh, today too. Uh, I was going through because I finally got a new phone. <laughs> I, uh, I actually have room now to uh, have photo, more photos on my uh, phone, but I'm going to be posting that a little bit earlier um, sometime today so people can see it. But that was my favorite uh, personal moment that I had uh, with Tamu. And then uh, my probably uh, my favorite moment besides, you know, obviously the cup would be um, that game winner against Detroit. Uh, in overtime that, you know, eventually led to the Ducks winning and, and, and beating Detroit and, you know, obviously going on and everybody knows the rest of the story. Uh, I'm there, Eddie. Uh, what what would be uh, your favorite moment for uh, Tamu as far as, you know, whether it's the same one or something else? Uh, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's hard to look back with, you know, a lot of the, the days I remember watching hockey, Tamu was, uh, was in uh, Colorado and, and San Jose, but I'd I'd have to say uh, it's probably last year. Um, just finally being able to go down and, and actually see him play. You know, the, in his last season before he retired, being able to see him um, at the Honda Center. Um, you know, um, one one last time before he ended up retiring. So I was I was glad to actually get to, to see him on the ice instead of behind the bench or, or anything like that. And obviously watching him play with uh, Korea. You know, who was my favorite player growing up, and be able to watch them. You know, do what they did and be one. You know, one of the most effective duos uh, to ever. You know, to have a team up in the NHL, just being able to watch both of them play together was pretty awesome too. Yeah, uh, definitely, Eddie. I mean, him and uh, Korea, you know, were were basically the dynamic duel. They used to call them all the time. Uh, you know, playing on the on then the Mighty Ducks, and then obviously Tamu had his little hiatus when he went to Colorado and San Jose, <laughs> which you know we won't talk about that. No, just kidding, but. Uh, you know, he went to those teams for a little bit and then came back. And, uh, you know, um, uh, it's going to be a special night. Um, uh, I just don't really have any other words to describe what's going to happen. Uh, I'm going to take a lot of photos and, and send out what I can. Uh, I got my phone charged up for sure for tonight. Uh, and I'm glad I have a newer phone, so it'll make it through the whole game, hopefully. Uh, unlike my old one that was dying. So I'm looking forward to doing that. And, um you know, um, what kind of impact do you think uh, for Tamu on the sport? You know, obviously, um, you know, a lot of people look at Wayne Gretzky and they look at how, you know, the NHL now has the Sharks, the Ducks, the Avalanche. Um, but, you know, I, I, I look at Tamu and I look at mm-hmm. him more international, uh, you know, Eddie, because just like they were talking about that hockey academy, uh, we mentioned it before that they're doing in Finland. I, I think. Um, not to say, not to really compare him to Gretzky, but I, I think that he's um, going to be, you know, uh, a big success uh, internationally. Yeah, as and, far and as obviously, the sport of hockey. Uh, in, in Finland, he pretty much is Gretzky, and a lot of people's favorite player growing up, and uh, still a lot of people's favorite player. So you know, his impact in in Finland isn't you know seen as much here as uh, you know as Gretzky's, um, especially in Canada and and what he's done for hockey in California, but. You know, Solani's done a lot to to bring in uh, a lot of Finnish players, and you know, uh, instead of them playing in the Finnish Elite League, you know, bring them over to the NHL uh, for the draft or the, at a young age. And uh, a lot of people fall in hockey from Finland, and they, even in in any countries around Finland, in, internationally, you know, Solani's obviously one of the, the greatest players to ever played the game, and he's inspired a lot of people to 
that come over to the NHL from uh, from the European leagues. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that that's the impact I see. You know, um, obviously we have one of our writers that's over there in Finland too, and uh, he gives us some you know inside info about uh, Tamu and just how popular he is over there. And obviously his nickname, the Finnish Flash, um, you know, says it all. Um, you know, I guess this is kind of a, a good question to ask, but do you think um, there'll ever be anybody like Tamu again, uh, either in the Ducks organization or the NHL, you know, the, someone that's of that Gretzky, Gretzky, Solani, you know, uh, caliber. Uh, yeah, we're, we're seeing soon, maybe, you know, the last no? of them, of that generation of the, you know, the greatest you know, 10 to 15 players of that generation retire. Obviously, Yager is one of the last ones left, and you know, he's got maybe one more year in him, too. So um, it, it's hard to say right now. I, I, it, you know, it's hard to, to compare players across generations and, Know, compare what what kind of impact they have on the game until until you know years after their career maybe we'll see you know, Crosby down the road or, or Stamkos or you know, McDavid coming up or one of the younger guys even Getzlaff or, or Perry the impact they have from when when their careers are done uh, it's kind of hard to um, you know to, to look at it now but um, it, it's going to be obviously hard to have have a player like. Uh, Solani, whose impact on the ice was was just as strong as his impact off the ice. Yeah, I have to agree with you, Eddie. I mean, uh, he's just such a you know well known figure, and I mean, I think more importantly too for a lot of people is you know he's known as being a class act too, um, which you know it, it's tough in the sports world now. We don't always see uh, people like Tamu. You know, I, I I can't remember how many stories I've seen or articles I've read where he's outside a hotel room at, you know, 2 a.m. on a road trip signing autographs, you know, I mean, he, he's just always there, whatever, you know, the fans want something, he, he's, he does it. I mean, I, I don't think I've really ever heard a complaint about, uh, you know, him ever. I mean, and that's rare in the yeah, sports and, world, especially know, with, today. With the media now, you know, you see a lot of things get out there and it's harder for a lot of players to to get out and, and you know be with the fans and obviously we heard Timu last year say how much he loved the fans and you know we've seen him stay outside Honda Center and obviously he sits down at the hotel and and sign autographs and he pretty much did everything for the fans and you know it, it's not surprising to to see if you ask most most Dutch fans or most people around the NHL that he's, he's like by pretty much everybody so uh, you know it's it's hard to to keep that reputation especially throughout a whole NHL career, but, you know, he's pretty much loved by everybody that, um, that you could ask. Yeah, uh, you know, definitely. And, and that brings up one other, uh, I guess, last uh, point. We uh, we made up a T-shirt, too, to honor Tamu. Uh, the last game against Colorado, they played the Foo Fighters song, Hero. Um, we made up a shirt that says, uh, there goes my hero with the, uh, the eight as the E in Hero. Um, so check that out. It's on um, dnphockey.bigcartel.com. Uh, it's only fifteen ninety nine. Uh, it's it's a much better deal than the uh, thirty five to fifty dollars shirts at the the team store right now. So uh, check it out. Um, we've got double X all the way down to small in the sizes there. And uh, Eddie and I will be back for another podcast uh, later this week. We'll uh, we'll go over what happened at this game tonight. And then we will uh, obviously talk about the next upcoming game. So uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, uh, also check out the podcast 
on YouTube. We'll have up the uh, the video of the uh, pregame ceremony as well. Thanks for listening, and see you in a couple of days. The Anaheim Ducks are the Stanley Cup champions.